Hello, this is Louise Wiles and welcome to Successful Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive. And welcome to the third episode in our new eight-part series for parents and families, Family Change at University Transition. Now, last week we talked about how to manage the panic phone calls. And while we're hoping that you don't have too many of those, we also hope that the tips will be helpful. So this week, with your young adult beginning to settle into their new lives at university, you may have had more time to reflect on their absence and the empty space they've left behind. And there's no right or wrong way to feel about this. And in this episode, we talk about why and how we are all different in the way that we respond to change and transition and offer ideas for processing your experience and importantly, taking care of yourself. Now, just before we start this episode, we'd really appreciate your help in spreading the word about this podcast to other parents who you think might benefit. Also, please follow or subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And if you feel up to it, like and review the podcast. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you. Now on with the episode. Hello and welcome to this next episode of Family Change at University Transition. I'm Louise and I'm here together with Elizabeth and today we're going to be talking about five tips for coping with the empty space. So we're guessing you're about two or three weeks in to um, the university term and to your young person having left you and I wonder how you're doing. I was reflecting on our experience my daughter's now into year two and even though we're through the first year experience we're still adjusting to the quietness of the house and her sister in particular is adjusting to not having her big sister around and I think secretly missing her quite a lot she's not saying it explicitly particularly but I kind of get that sense that there's something missing for her and the good thing is my daughter at university is really happy she's got a great set of friends and has been really excited to get stuck into year two but to be honest I'm feeling I'm kind of a little bit between tricks in between because I've got one daughter who's gone and so my other daughter is 17 she's in year 13 and she will probably be heading off next year either to uni or for a gap year so either way an emptiness is looming for me and I'm beginning to get a sense for how it will feel and I'm feeling some mixed emotions so I totally get how you may be feeling those too it's a transition for us all and it's one that just seems to keep giving each year. <laughs> you think you're over it and then you go through it again the next year. Now, Elizabeth, I know you've been through this with your kids too, who are now all grown up and independent. I just wonder if you have any words advice of advice about for us about that. Well, the first thing I'm going to say, it's tough. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> quite tough, isn't it? And and also to say that this this kind of leaving home that your young people are doing at the moment it's different for different families and it's different for parents and it's different for young people. You know, some parents might take it all in their stride. Um, some kids would be in regular contact. Um, other parents were going to find it more difficult, partly because of the circumstances and other, other, you know, their young adults might have just dropped their parents and they're getting on with it and they've gone off quite easily determined to go alone. And it can be quite distressing for parents, especially as you've all worked really hard to get that place at university and do all the planning and prep that we've talked about before, and then suddenly you're not needed. Um, and rationally, we know it's good for our kids, 
you know, to be keen to take on their independence and to do these things striding out on their own, but it still could hurt if they don't want or even need us. And maybe sometimes you can be left wondering about what does this all mean? How do you interpret that happening? Um, so it, it can be a bit about, well, I had this parenting role and so what am I now? So it's for us as parents, it can be it can be confusing too. Mm-hmm. And and kind of Louise, that brings us to t- tip number one. So share with us, can you share with us tip number one today? Yeah. And I think it's really important to, and this is tip one, understand the sort of trajectory of the adjustment process, this transition process, and that our response will vary from person to person. Um, you know, change like this and other changes can mean different things to different people at different times. And you may all be familiar with the sort of U curve that gets talked about in the corporate world as a change change curve, and it's used to describe people's response to change. And it suggests that there will be a dip in the experience. You know, so you have a change and you've got to adjust to it. And it does. And the U is the dip. And there'll be a dip in experience and mood as people adjust to the new reality before things get better. Do you recognise that, Elizabeth? Yeah, yeah, I think we, we both do. And actually, it was something that we've talked about in previous previous podcasts directed at students to tell them about that dip. Because... This going to university is another adjustment process and one that Louise and I feel familiar with because we've moved countries and cultures. <clears throat> and you'll know that phrase, culture shock. Um, and it, this is about people moving abroad. And often in early days, there's what ref- what's referred to a honeymoon period. So after a period of pre- preparation, people arrive in a new place, a new environment, a new culture. And at first, this is so exciting and new things and exhilarating and stuff to do. And people can feel good and energized by this move. And this is the honeymoon period. Um, And that might be where your young adult is now. You know, there's fresh as week, there's or fresh as frenzy, as we kind of like to say. There's so much, you know, there's so much happening after all that huge preparation. There's fun things, social things new friends, new experiences, and of course, that newfound feeling of independence. So this is this is the kind of honeymoon period they might be in. And we kind of say to people, young people that we work with, there could be a dip after this honeymoon period that can be there for some or not, um, but it's often followed by a dip, a sense of overwhelm. Gosh, I've got so much to do now. That fun bit is kind of past. Um, I've got to get organized. I've got to learn how to adjust in this new environment, um, be in this new culture, hence the term sort of culture shock. And of course, with your young adults being at university, you know, if, if it's in the UK, the summer's passed and incoming the darker evenings. So the weather's going to change as well, which can often have an impact on other people too. So these beginnings can be a bit of a roller coaster ride. And this is likely to be the case for you and your young person. And you actually might be taken aback by, you know, a shock of these emotions, maybe the emotions you didn't expect. Either they be pleasant ones, hooray, they've gone, or unpleasant, oh my God, I miss them so much. (laughs) Yeah, and that makes me think of this book that we both know called Life is in the Transitions by a guy called Bruce Byler. And he, he, he spent years collecting 
stories of transitions from people in the United States. I think he collected 225 stories and then he analysed them. Well, life histories, I think, and the life histories then included a whole range of different transitions. And he, from observing those and looking at you know, how people experience those times, he said that there are three phases that people tend to move through in times of transition. So rather than just this U curve or this dip, it's a bit more complex than that. He says the first phase is the long goodbye, which is a period of sadness, a sense of loss, which a lot of parents are expressing right now. Then the messy middle, which is a period of reinvention, discovery. It's where you're trying trial and error. You're trying new things, learning, um, getting used to them, working things out. And then you kind of get into this new beginnings as you begin to settle, get used to the way a new way of being and doing and doing new things and kind of then move on you're kind of coming to the end you're settling into your new environment um and the point is you know we go from being settled in our old environment to eventually settled in the new one but in between there is this this middle he says what he noticed with people is that they don't necessarily go through these these three stages it's a bit linearly you know you don't definitely definitely start with the long goodbye then move to the messy middle and then to the new beginnings so he did serve some people would do the long goodbye and be sad so you hear parents talking about that in parent groups right now in relation to university you see people talking about that but then there are also parents who are like yes new beginnings child's gone now I can really get into that work project, go and have that holiday, have weekends away, do all the things that I perhaps couldn't when I had the kids around 24-7. So people are at different stages of this. But being at new beginnings and excited about the future doesn't necessarily mean you won't suddenly have a dip at a later time and you know dip down to feeling a bit sad about the child having moved on. Um, and then the messy middle, you may then decide, right, I need to rethink what I'm doing you know, I've got all this time, how am I going to use it? And, you know, I think a lot of parents do get to that stage as well, but not necessarily in a distinct order. So basically what I'm saying is wherever you are in that process is actually right for now. Um, don't beat yourself up about any of it, but just be aware that you might flip back at various points or flip forward or into the middle. And that's the experience of transition. And the interesting thing is your young adult is going through this as well. So those of you who are saying, oh, he, my young adult is doing really well and settled immediately, they probably are having a great time and that's brilliant. But don't be surprised if in a month's time they do go into a bit of a dip um, and perhaps feel sad and a bit upset. And that's a reaction to the transition and it's part of the process. So they will get through it. And so I think the important thing is to say that, you know, as we're all working through our own process of change, we're possibly at different stages with different emotional responses. So as a parent, you might be at home feeling very sad, but your young adult is feeling happy and euphoric being at university or vice versa. And so we're handling it at different stages in different ways. Um, and we might be a bit divergent in that. And that can make us feel that we're not being understood. You know, our young adult doesn't understand what it's like for us and vice versa. And there's rational reason for that because we're at different stages in this process. So the important thing to know is that whatever your response you're having, it's okay. And you just need to keep your communication lines open. I think as a parent, let your young person know that you're here, there, wherever you are, open and ready to support them when they need that support. But if they're fine right at the moment, we'll let them go off and fly for now, recognising that they perhaps might come back in a bit of a heap. We, we you know, Elizabeth and I both 
know of students who've done exactly that. They've gone off thinking, ah, oh, oh, everything's fine, and then collapsed in the heap a few months in. Um, and that might not happen either. You might find your child is just absolutely happy, and that's fine too. So that's tip yeah, one. Another thing, you know, when we want to ask our kids questions about things, you know, think about, are you questioning for pain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you met any friends yet? <laughs> How is your course going? <laughs> you know, you kind of, you can transmit a little bit of anxiety, the things that you're anxious about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've talked before about try to be the listener, try to kind of hear what your young people's, your young person's coming back with and, and be mm-hmm. open to kind of listen to that and don't get kind of caught up in bits of their anxiety too yeah yeah and the previous episode was all about that so yeah if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to that so tip two when I go on with that Louise tip mm-hmm. two is reconcile with the past so we're acknowledging that you're you're adjusting at home now um and you're in that phase maybe you've got your you've got time to think about what's happening so it can be useful to spend some time reflecting, reconciling that there is change in the family. This is a part of family change. You're not all going to stay in that unit forever. You might want to review the past, kind of take a trip down memory lane and savour some of the good times. That can be really helpful if you kind of, I've got a lot of sad feelings around. Think about your contributions and what you're proud of in your parenting. You know, you have to celebrate. They've got to university. Hooray. Um, Take from the past what's good for the future. And, you know, try and keep doing what you know helps and supports your young person who's going off. But acknowledging, too, that there might be some some children or adolescents, teens left at home. And sometimes they can be feeling it quite acutely, like Louise said. You might also give yourself a chance to repair that anything that you think needs some attention, either within yourself or with other people. Perhaps there's something you wish you'd done differently. You can, of course, make amends. You can try it out again. You can apologize. Or if it's within you to reconcile with yourself, just to try and let it go. Um, sometimes that's easy to say, but harder to do. But that's the thing that's going to help us move on and not stay with some maybe kind of difficult emotions. Anything else to add with that one, Louise? What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to recognise that you're still a family. Somebody said to me once, what's happening at this stage is you're re-familying. <laughs> so you're reforming as a family and your family is just taking on a different shape. So you're still a family. Your, your young adult is still part of your family. Um so just bear that in mind and just think that, yeah, we're just restructuring. You know, we'll do things differently in the future, but we will still all get together and you know, do things together at various points. And recognise also that you're not the only one. That I, I love this word, discombobulated. That's how I think I feel sometimes around this time of year. So recognise that your partner, you may also be feeling the way, same way and siblings, Elizabeth just said that. Yeah. Um, So let's move on to tip three, which is affirm what has been good. So we've kind of touched on that, um, but I think it goes beyond sort of you affirming what you've contributed to this and just 
think about what else has contributed to your child to your young adults upbringing you know who else has played a part in you know, schools teachers you know grandparents friends aunts uncles relatives cousins you know acknowledge all the people who've contributed and perhaps consider whether you want to go and have a chat with them and just share your thoughts about it but also to thank you thank them so just think about how you might involve you know extended family in the conversation anything else elizabeth that you would suggest well i you know i think this is for parents isn't it and of course we tell you know we try and give these messages to young adults but affirming the very positive parts the positive things that they've done and in you as a, a parent it's really important that you you acknowledge the things that you've done how you've played and continue to play a part in their lives even though they're far away they might not be in red, regular contact the thing is they know you're there and you are their underlying support if an emergency happens or if they have something important to share just know that you might just hear the edited highlights as I did. Um, the fact that they're ready and able to step out on their own is a huge credit to you and it's the natural order of things. And one way of thinking about it posit positively, you know, when the term ends, they will likely come home to laze on the sofa, to be fed and enjoy the comforts that you offer as home and be that little bit of a stopgap between the frenetic university life and there maybe be a, a calmness and security at home. Yeah. Let's think about tip four, Louise. Okay, so I tip four is don't try to write your, your adult story. Um, you know, as tempting as it is to get involved <laughs> and um, as challenging as it is to let go and to believe that they actually can cook for themselves, they can eat well, they can pay their bills, they can do their laundry, they can run their lives. Um, we do need to step back. And you know, this is their adventure. And so I'd say, of course, be ready to support when you're asked, um, or at least help them to think things through. But don't spend your time sending them regular reminders and reminding them to take their vitamins and whatever else um let them live their lives and learn from yeah the successes but also some of the mistakes they're going to make give them some space to find their own feet um and also we, elizabeth mentioned this but just don't catastrophize when things do go wrong and so refer you back to the previous episode there and also if you're feeling sad you know it's really tough to do this but refrain from sharing that with them um because that's a tough thing for them to carry, you know, that will create some guilt within them. And that could backfire because if somebody's feeling guilty and uncomfortable, they may choose not to come back and spend time with you too, too often because it just reinforces that uncomfortable feeling. So I know it's really hard because we kind of have to take a deep breath and just not really say what we're feeling. But go and share that with another adult, you know, a friend who understands what you're feeling, but perhaps not with your young person and you know they're busy so get yourself busy and and get on with your life and doing things that you enjoy so tip five elizabeth tip five is of course coming back to you make time mm -hmm. to boost your well-being your well-being you, you know might be faced with lots of big things at this time in your life as louise mentioned before bruce filer talks about the situation where 
there's lots of big changes happening at the same time. And he calls that an earthquake. So, you know, you could be dealing with elderly parents needing attention. You know, it could be something on, you know, a work challenge. Um, it could be, you know, change, you going through different changes in your life. Um, going on alongside your young adult leaving to go to university. So maybe you're not responding to just one transition, but multiple changes all at once, pulling you in different directions, an earthquake indeed. So we'd ask you to cut yourself some slack. Remember, this can be a time to prioritise you. You know, we shared in the student episode when we were talking about relationships, that the most important relationship is with yourself. This applies also to you and to us as well, of course. Um, and the thing that I think is a very important thing to do is offer yourself some compassion. A big change like this takes adjustment. You're likely doing it for the first time. You're learning to parent a young adult. You're learning to let them go and be independent in the world. Um, you're kind of look out for some pleasant things to do for you that provide a good experience that creates positive emotions like joy or love connection. Well, you simply can't knock out the negative feelings that you have by replacing them with positive ones, but you can act yourself into feeling good. So do the things that make you feel good rather than feel good to do things. And so we hope this has helped you put this experience into a perspective and given you some tips for ultimately thriving, just like your young person, your young adult will be in this transition. So Louise, can you give us our summary at the end, please? I can indeed. So the five tips were, tip one, understand the trajectory of the adjustment process and that our response varies from person to person. Tip two, reconcile with the past. Tip three, affirm what has been good. Tip four, don't try to write your young person's story. Let them do that for themselves. And tip five, make time for yourself. Make time to boost your well-being in whatever way you feel good for you. So that's all for today. Please remember to follow the podcast on your podcast app of choice. And it would be fantastic if you could rate and review the podcast too. Thank you so much. The book that we mentioned in tip one is called Life is in the Transitions, Managing Change at Any Age by Bruce Feiler. Next week, we'll be back with episode four in this eight part series when we have an interview with the wonderful Elaine Halligan, a parenting expert and owner of The Parent Practice. We hope you have a great week and speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.